2: James Bond is coming back to the big screen in cinemas in the UK and we're hoping to go to every one of the 25 films. Join us as we celebrate the 60th anniversary of our favourite British agents by watching them all in order. We hope you guys are watching them too so please let us know your thoughts. You can find us on social media at Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and our podcast is available on iTunes and Spotify as well as video episodes on YouTube. Simply search for really 7 Pod. Live and Let Die marked the new era of James Bond films. The Roger Moore era.
3: Roger Moore is James Bond 007 in Ian Fleming's Live and Let Die. My name's Bob. James Bond. Names is for tombstones, baby. Waste him, now. James Bond is back, and wherever he drops in, it can mean only one thing. Trouble! This is the Bond adventure with more excitement, more action, more danger, and more. Much more. Roger Moore as James Bond 007. 007 is on a worldwide manhunt. The body count is going up. And where Bond stops to visit, he leaves his mark
4: on everything. They'll kill you. They will kill us. Love well, was lesson number two. Togetherness. Is that time before we leave? For lesson number three. Absolutely. Take your seat
3: and hang on. If any man can show just cause, where they might not lawfully be joined together. Because Bond is on the move. And if you miss this one, you'll miss the most exciting 007 adventure of them all.
5: Well, we're here at The View Cinema in Bury to watch Live and Let Die. It's Roger Moore time. There's a yep. few of us here, and yep. chief amongst us is Ernie. Ernie, yep. Ernie, are you excited?
6: Um, yeah, yeah.
5: What, what are you excited to see?
6: Well,
7: uh, jumps on the
5: crocodiles, maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, now, this was, this was one that you were really looking forward to seeing, and in actual fact, you've persuaded your mum and your dad to come along with you tonight. Is that right? uh, Um, well, no. No?
7: Okay, yes.
5: (laughs) (laughs) So, would you say it's fair to say, Ernie, that Roger Moore is your favourite? No. Is he not? No. Who who is?
7: The first
5: kind of James Bond. Oh, Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Oh, Oh, right. But you do like some Roger Moore films, don't you? Yeah,
7: Octopussy.
5: Yeah, Octopussy. That's your favourite at the moment, isn't it? (laughs)
7: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
5: So, Chris... Are you excited to see Roger Moore on the big screen? <laughs> I am very excited. I'm very excited about hearing the second best
8: score, non-Barry score, on the big screen. I'm looking forward to seeing the reac- audience's reaction to to Roger, to see how the jokes land, to see how uh, the audience take the reveal that he... Steals her virginity. There's a lot I want to see, I want to hear from, uh, from the audience. But also the fact that it's one, one of the best James Bond films. It's so much fun. Yes. You, you know, the set pieces are fantastic. It's, you know, the script is great. This is, this is you know, this is as good as it gets yeah. for Roger, really.
5: Absolutely. Also with me are John and David Kell. Great to have you here, lads. Bit of a, well, it's a bit of a change from what's gone before. I think perhaps the starkest contrast would have been last week's which none yeah. of us three certainly us, us that are here tonight were able to watch in diamonds are forever yeah, yeah. so how are you feeling about we, it's quite strange that we've reached the end of the sean connery era and now we're into roger moore so
1: first of all i'm incredibly excited to see roger on screen when i when i had COVID earlier this year and i went through them uh, i've always loved roger loved him but I realised how much I loved him this time in terms of how he just puts a smile on your face. He doesn't even need to do anything, he just walks (laughs) and I'm just like, here he is, the main man. And I'm just really looking forward to seeing him. I think he gives an amazing performance in this film as well. But I do think he had an easier job than George did. Mm. Because on the basis that... Diamonds Are Forever very much leads into that yeah. kind of that kind of script and those kind of things. Yeah. So so there's a bit more space for Roger to just be ease at what he's best at. But it's going to be phenomenal to watch it. And I agree. I'm very much looking forward to the score. I'm very intrigued to see what Chris thinks
5: is the best non-Barry yeah, score. I know. I, know. I, have, to, I have to. Eric Serrier. Eric Sarri, Yeah. No. <laughs> well, well, we'll find out later. I guess. I guess. David, you're a big uh, Roger Moore fan. And you've got this opportunity to watch him on the big screen now. How, how is it feeling?
9: Uh, oh, it's unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, I'm mainly here to see the reaction to Sheriff Pepper, basically. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, if that doesn't get a laugh, we might as well go home. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, unbelievable. And, you know, finally getting Bond back to, after a couple of mishaps in the last two films, he gets back Whoa. to to where he needs Shut to up. be. You know, there's good humour, but serious topic, and somebody who looks and feels and smells like Bond in a way where I think personally, I feel like Connery in, in, in Diamonds is a little bit, you know, beyond his best before, day. Right. Although he's still good. He is not that. So yeah, very, very, very much good for that. And uh, <laughs> obviously, you know, I have to just counteract the agenda of somehow we're talking about <laughs> live and let die, got to mention on A <laughs> Majesty's Secret Service. We don't need to do that, John. But yeah, no, really excited to hear it and mainly to hear what I think is the best Bond theme song.
5: Yes. But, you know, Great so I really point. can't yeah. wait to hear that. Yeah. No, absolutely, that kind of dawned on me earlier today that I was going to hear slash see, that doesn't really make sense, but the song and everything, and you know, it really is. We we,
1: alternative version played in the film. Oh yeah, Yeah. of
5: course. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. and and we, we, we saw Paul
9: McCartney a couple of years ago, probably seven or eight years ago, and the highlight of the show clearly was, you know, Living Let Die, yeah. fireworks inside. I'm expecting the same. Oh, yeah. You know, just unbelievable. What a song. Yeah. And uh, it, it's so synonymous with the with the
5: film. As well. It is, it is. And it's woven into the score beautifully. So, lads, let's let's go and get us some Roger
10: Moore.
11: Hi, Cy here, a November man. So, one night away from Living Let like Die, this will be my first time seeing Roger in the cinema. And, to be honest, I'm really, really excited. Mostly the transition of another new actor to the role, to see how the humour and the decade translate onto the big screen. As much as I like the espionage and stylised films of Connery's early efforts and on *Her Majesty's* with George, I've grown the fondness for the light-hearted approach of Roger, which clearly inspired Pierce's time in the role. Also, hearing these classic soundtracks in the cinema really elevates these already great films. As much as we all love John Barry, George Martin and McCartney really pull out all the stops on the song and soundtrack in this one. To me, the song completely encapsulates the mystery of the film. Also surreal, but really looking forward to hearing it on the big scene just um, in the cinema. I'm taking Mum this time. She's got no idea what she's going to see. Roger being her all-time favourite, so when the gun battle kicks in, I imagine she'll be beaming. Mad to think this film will soon be its 50th anniversary. Mum calls this the one with the bus and the crocodiles. One more sweep, Bond at the cinema for us fans is like Christmas, isn't it? Enjoy all, I'll report back.
4: Whose, uh, funeral is it? Yours.
12: Anybody home?
13: Oh, look out! By the powers invested in me by this parish, I hereby commandeer this podcast and all those persons listening. And that means you smartass. Hello, Darren Bithell here with my take on LALD, Lysosomal Acid Lipus Deficiency, a rare chronic progressive inherited disorder affecting the body's ability to produce an enzyme needed for the breakdown of fats and cholesterols in your cells. I'm sorry, I can't help myself. So as Sean Connery bid farewell and went to attend a mankini fitting, a saintly figure appeared who persuaded Broccoli and Saltzman that he was the man to take Bond to the next generation. Since his passing five years ago now unbelievably, Roger Moore has a very special place in the hearts of Bond aficionados and film fans. During his reign he virtually lost every poll to Sean as to who was the best Bond and was criticised by many for taking Bond to comic strip and outlandish. Some forget that Roger was always on the list to play Bond from the start of Bond's cinema tenure And it was Sean who set the outlandish template with Diamonds Are Forever. I haven't watched the Bond films in order of release for a long time as I find it quite boring knowing what's coming next. Whenever I have the urge to watch the series I randomly choose a property card from the James Bond Monopoly set to determine the film I'll watch. Yeah, the hours just fly by for me. By doing this you're watching the film by its own successes or faults and not comparing them to others. By watching Live and Let Die after Diamonds, it's clear that this film is light-years ahead of its predecessor in every way. The direction and editing are sharper, the script is beautifully balanced with suspense and humour, the look of the film is eclectic from the apocalyptic Harlem Alleyways to the natural beauty of Jamaica, the action sequences include some of the most iconic sequences in the series. This film is one of the very best in the series. The pre-title sequence is great, even though Bond isn't in it. I think it was a shrewd move not to have a fanfare style pre-titles to declare a new Bond. Less is more if you forgive the pun. The first sight we have is Bond in bed with a Miss Caruso, which sets up the Roger Bond right there. With a repartee between Bond, Emma and Moneypenny, this opening sequence, you knew you were in a safe pair of hands. But how could I skip the title sequence? Arguably one of Binder's finest works, Placed together with my joint favourite Bond theme. James Bond meets the Beatles, enough said. I always think the best Bond themes are the ones that have a life of their own from the series, and this certainly has that. I saw Maca live at Anfield in 2008 when Liverpool was the European city of culture. When he played Live and Let Die, stars aligned. Incidentally my other joint favourite theme is We Have All the Time in the World, which I chose as our first dance in our wedding to the current Mrs Bithell. How did I get her to allow for this? Let her have everything else for the day, but that was mine. The fifth Beatle, George Barton, provides the best non-Barry Arnold score, with dirty guitars, swirling psychedelic strings and funky drums. Jane Seymour, how apt a surname, is perfectly cast as solitaire. The character may not be high on the list for feminists the world over, However, she would gain a lot of sympathy for the way she was tricked in losing her powers. A sultry mix of mystery and virginal innocence. Yaffe Koto is absolutely brilliant. I love how he becomes increasingly unhinged throughout the film. The scene where he confronts Solitaire with a number on Bond's watch is probably his standout scene. But he is somewhat deflated by the rather poor reveal of Mr Big to Kananga. And there is of course probably the worst death of movie history. Whenever I see him burst off this mortal coil He always reminds me of the former Spurs and England under-21 footballer Garth Crooks, who always must have the last say during final score on Saturdays. The list of henchmen are perhaps some of the finest in the series. Teehee always makes me chuckle. The crocodile farm banter and the train fight are just wonderful. Whisper I find hilarious, especially on the couch being blown up with the compressed gas pellet. Adam, I think, is rather overlooked as a henchman. He brings an extra layer of tension during the brilliant boat chase, showing his absolute desperation to get Bond, not just to save his hide and the operation, but perhaps as a hint of ethnic pride in there as well. I don't have a problem with Baron Samady. in fact his character alone is the reason why this film is so unique to the others. He certainly plays a big part in making it feel such a beautiful day after seeing this film. I don't have as much a problem with Rosie Carver as others. I suppose she has to appear incompetent in front of Bond to not arouse suspicion, but I really believed when she was torn between two camps, especially when she had to make her choice. David Hederson is my favourite Felix Leiter. Yes, granted, he might not be the Felix Leiter in the books, I'll Jack Lord or Rick Van Winkle, uh, er, Nutter, but he seems to be the most likely of all the Leiters to have a genuine friendship between himself and the two incarnations of Bond. There are probably some of the most memorable incidental characters in this film. The taxi driver, Mrs. Bell, must have been some delayed shock to be in intensive care, Dambala, and the murderous funeral attendant. Incidentally, when I leave this mortal coil, I've chosen my last piece of music to be just a closer walk with thee. And when the curtains close on cue, new second line will come blasting out, leaving mourners, if there are any, with a bemused and amused expression when they leave the room. About the same expression they have now. And of course, before there was Sheriff Buford T. Justice and Sheriff Roscoe P. Train, there was the finest of them all, Sheriff John Wayne Pepper, Louisiana State Police. I love him in this film. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. There is an argument that he's over the top and overplayed, but he's a caricature to level against the henchmen that ultimately fail against Bond. It's absolutely true that when I'm driving he does enter my psyche, when someone passes me at a rip-roaring speed I always think He's got to set a set of wheels that just won't quit, boy When I'm behind a slow coach I'm so tempted to call his vehicle a chicken coop Can I just say here That I don't do this when I'm driving alone My wife has to be with me In suffering these moments of self-indulgence Or a select few who know the references She's very happy in the marriage, by the way About as happy as you guys are Listening to this <coughs> I just wish I had a brother-in-law Named Billy Barb Question the sheriff who was in charge of the ineffective block at Miller's Bridge, who ended up throwing his hat in the river after being completely soaked. Is it the same sheriff in Diamonds? The prototype of Pepper? The attendance in Cheshire Oaks was double the amount than Diamonds, and about on par with on Her Majesties. It was lovely to see children with their parents watching this last night. Probably the most children attending this run of presentations. The 4K presentation left you just wishing even more that this was filmed in Panavision. However, the print that was shown did appear to jump rather sharply from one scene to another here and there, leaving the soundtrack catching up with the film. There was even one jump cut in which Strutter's line, I've Got Him in My Sights, wasn't seen at all. It was also noted that the score was too low in the mix at times, which didn't give Martin's score a chance to breathe, unlike the Barry scores. But special mention must go to Jerry Comeau for the boat Chase orchestrations, Ross Cananga for the Crocs, and Maurice Patchett, who made Stan Butler look like a go-kart driver this handling of the double-decker bus this is by far and away the best of the sheriff trilogy it still stands the test of time and is always in my premier league of bond if you haven't read it buy a copy of the 007 diaries that roger kept during the making of live and let die it's a very entertaining read by the way with a minded kill is fantastic too Horovitz should write a bond script please after the success of live and let die ua wanted to keep the momentum and quickly the man with the golden gun was in production. Was that such a smart move? All the best guys.
4: Black Queen on the Red King, Miss... Solitaire. My name's Bond. James Bond. I know who you are, what you are, and why you have come. You have made a mistake. You will not succeed. Rather a sweeping statement considering we've never met. Cards have followed you for me. Now you get ripped off in Detroit, baby. You yell out to me. You hear? Is he armed? You can't be too careful in New York City. Funny how the least little thing amuses him. (coughs) Fascinating. Well, that's you, quite obviously. An amazing resemblance. Tommy, am I in there as well?
14: Pick a card. Hand it over. You have
3: found yourself. Oh, I'm telling you, don't go out there to L.A. and clean it up. Or I'm coming out there and clean you up, and I mean that.
4: Is this the stupid mother that tailed you uptown? There seems to be some mistake. My name is... Names is for tombstones, baby. You all take this honky out and waste him, now. Waste him? Is that a good thing? The meeting is over. Nothing about my future. Us. Now, promise you'll stay right there. I, I shan't be long.
15: Right, we've just been to see Live and Let Die. And by we, I mean me, Steve, and who?
6: Um, Bo.
15: Bo, you had to think about that then. You had to think about (laughs) what your own name was, didn't you? So Live and Let Die was my favourite childhood James Bond film, with my favourite James Bond, Roger Moore, who got me into James Bond. What are your thoughts then, Bo, on your first cinematic James Bond film?
6: Um, pretty good. Yeah? I don't know really.
15: You don't know really. So what was your favourite part of it?
6: Probably um, when the man had to like carry him.
15: So when Whisper picked up James Bond and carried yeah. him out of the room, you did giggle at that a bit, didn't you? That yeah. was quite funny. He's very strong to pick Roger Moore up. Yeah. Yeah. Any other bits you liked? Did you like the crocodile bit? That's Daddy's favourite bit when he jumps over the crocodiles. Mm. And the speedboat chase.
6: Mm, I. Do not know if I have any more favourites. I can't remember. <laughs> can't remember what I
15: thought. Okay, and what did you think of Roger Moore? Though is he still your favourite James Bond?
6: Wait, um, oh. I still do remember one. The fighting.
15: Okay, yeah. All oh,
6: the fighting. Um, as you were saying.
15: So is James- is Roger Moore your favourite James Bond?
6: Yes. Yeah. That's probably like the first James Bond I've ever seen.
15: It's the f- first one you've seen at the cinema, isn't it? You've seen a lot yes. of the others, but you, yes. you like Roger Moore the best, don't you? With good reason as well, I think. Why? Uh-huh. Well, he is just the best, let's be honest. He, get, he got me into Bond. Uh-huh. I'd recommend him for any any young child who wants to get into Bond. You can't go wrong with Sir Roger. No. no. No? Fantastic. Do you want to see any more of them at the cinema? Um,
6: probably No Time to Die. You want to
15: see No Time to Die at the cinema?
6: Yeah. Blimey. me. <laughs> How come?
15: I think you might cry at the end of No Time To Die.
6: Well, <laughs> you don't me, Will. Because
15: um, you have seen it at home. You yes, know, you I know- have
6: seen it at home, but only once. Only once. I still can't really remember it.
15: Okay, well, you can come with me if you want. Any other thoughts? Anything else you want to add to our little chat? Um,
6: uh, I don't know. No? No. Fair
15: enough. Cool. Well, we had a great time, and we hope everybody else did. And we're gonna, I'm, I'm certainly going to enjoy the rest of Roger Moore's run at the cinema, because he is my favourite. They... And there
6: wasn't very many people there. There was only about six or seven. Are
15: you kidding? There was loads. I counted loads. There was like 20-something.
6: No, there was like literally... Including us two, um, so two.
15: There was eight when we got there. There was about 20-something.
6: No, there was, there was probably... Several ten. Okay, if you
11: insist. Do you want to say goodbye? Bye-bye! Bye! Hi, Cy si here, a November man, just back from a weapon let die. Another great night. My first time seeing Sir Roger on the big screen, and he's quite the present. What he lacks in physicality, he immediately makes up for in looks, charm, and delivery of those lines. And boy, does he look great. Was he not 45 or 46 when he was in this? His in the cast wardrobe also is fantastic took mum as a surprise she wanted some clues and asked if the film had been out for a while which made me laugh only almost 50 years fortunately it just kicked into the gun barrel no title reveal and she just laughed with glee oh James Bond the whole occult voodoo theme was so unusual and Roger's very much a fish out of water which makes for some fresh viewing Connery by this point I believe was offered an absurd amount to return but passed fortunately as it's time to me had passed I just feel he would have had the bull in a china shop approach or be bored by this point. He would have at least embraced the one-liners like diamonds are forever. Roger does feel under pressure at times, which adds a little tension. I actually think Lazenby would have been great in this also. What a terrific cast, and I do have a soft spot for Jane Seymour, Solitaire as a Bond girl on this outing. This is far from a typical Bond film, probably the most unusual of the franchise, but somehow works just with the soundtrack from Paul McCartney and uh, George Martin doing all the music, sounded fantastic on Sound System at the cinema. All in all, a great night. My favourite 70s Bond flick. I'm taking a few weeks off, but like Bond, I will return. My next assignment for Your Eyes Only.
4: There's one new question that he wants answered for. In that case, you'd better ship me back to the island and let him ask in person. I'm not in the habit of giving answers to lackeys. You damn lucky
3: you got an air left to hear the question with. Which is? Did you mess
4: with that? That's between Solitaire, myself, and Kananga. I'll tell him when I see him.
1: You ain't gonna see the sunlight unless you answer me! I
4: had no idea you were so frightened of him.
16: Did you touch her?
4: When I see Kananga. Right. quite
1: revealing so this is John and David and we're just about to give our thoughts from uh, live and let die we've just finished that at the cinema so David I will start with you how did you find it
9: wow wow what a step change that is from Connery it's so different but you know how you can't love Rog the opening line sets the tone doesn't it from Rog like he's just he's just so different but uh yeah no
1: it was, I thought it was absolutely brilliant Did anything really stand out to you on the big screen that maybe you haven't noticed when you watch it at home? I think quite, probably
9: with regards to the big screen, just visually some of the stuff was really, really nice. But I guess the bigger things that have hit me are the parallels between License to Kill, as we watched last week, really. Mm. And there's quite a lot that I hadn't ever thought about. I don't think I've ever watched License to Kill and then Live and Let Die straight after, really. And that, you know, just looking at the fact that you've basically got the drugs element. Uh, you know, mm. the, the, the hiding of that through a religious front as well. You, wow, you, yeah. You've got those two parallels. You've got Felix Leiter and Felix Leiter, and obviously so, it's the same guy, isn't it?
1: And obviously, like, in the, the... Obviously, the novel of Live and Let Die is incredibly different from the film, mm. but it's actually in the novel of Live and Let Die where Felix is fed to the sharks. Right. So the, I was going to say, you've got the sharks bit at the end. Yeah, yeah. You've also got the explosion... Of the human, yeah,
9: and you've got yeah, the heads yeah, blowing yeah, off yeah, of um, wave crest guy. So there's, there's there's lots of things like that. The the character who I, you have to forgive me because I can't remember his name is very much like Sharky. You know the CIA guy is very much like Sharky. The, you mean Quarrel in the boat? Or yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah. So Quarrel Junior, Quarrel, Quarrel Junior, and then you've yeah. got Sharky. They're very similar characters. Yeah. So do, I just saw loads of different parallels in that. That yeah, I just thought that was. Really, really interesting. How and I never spotted those before, but you know, visually it's it's superb. I think the I also I also you know you've got the bolt chase and the bolts coming off. That's very the world is not enough. You know, there's, I think there's lots of things in that film that people then go back and nod to as as Bond films do. I think it's iconic, and, and obviously the music is ridiculous.
1: Yeah, well, there's lots I could say. I'm thinking about the things you're talking about in terms of influencing. As far as I can remember, this is probably the first Bond film that has a speedboat chasing, and obviously stuff like Moonraker then takes that as well. So yeah, there's a there's a new there's a new trend setting in that. This film for me, oh, I, I have an I have an interesting relationship with this film because this was actually the first ever James Bond film I watched when I was a. a on holiday with my school when i was in year six of my primary school and we were in whitby and we had to go to bed at eight o'clock and this was what was on in the tv in our room so so i i hold this film in high regard for that it was one of my favorites during childhood but as i've got older i've kind of eased off it a bit because of there are obvious problematic mm. issues with it however i have to say over the last couple of years i've I've seen them for what they are I appreciate they're inappropriate but I also take them for what they are and I see a lot of great stuff in in this film and on the big screen that only emphasise more the main thing I take away from is that George Martin's score is the best James Bond score that's not a John Barry one Mm.
9: I think think it's brilliant the way the the Live and Let Die theme keeps popping up in different forms Seems to tie it in, But there's
1: lots of like nice little cues that are used that you straight away, so melodic like Barry does, but you just know that's Living Let Die. It's like, do, 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 do. You just know you're you're watching uh, Living Let Die when you do that. The other thing that I really love about this film, and I felt the big screen pulled it out, are the amount of mini characters Mm. that only have like one or two lines that are just so memorable. So you've got Mrs. Bell, the in the airplane and, and mr bleaker uh don't, don't use language mr bleaker there's no need for that <laughs> you got billy bob you got you got billy bob yeah. oh yes billy bob obviously jw is the star of the show i i love he's called adam but i love the henchman with the white and black checkered the, the actual guy in the speedboat the guy oh, brought, yeah, yeah. i love him and i love the taxi driver, taxi driver.
9: yeah oh
14: Jeep.
1: I love him I love he's he's called Dan Barla, but he's the guy with the bear thing on who carries the snake yeah, yeah. And, and and they're just incredibly the guy with the knife at the beginning who's feeling oh, is it yes, yes. Yeah, like yeah 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 and, and, and jollip <laughs> <laughs> there's lots of like little micro characters that have only got one line or so that really stand out and I really appreciated watching them on the big screen. Mm. And then we come on to Rog. I think Rog does a fantastic job in this film. I I, I do think that he hasn't fully like grasped hold of his of what his bond's going to be. But none of the bonds do that on their first mm. go. I think he gives a brilliant performance, uh, and he fits in seamlessly. And and I think what is. I'm going to give credit to the producers here because with Lazenby, when when he came on, they made a massive thing about him being Bond. So if you think of the first scene in Majesty's when Lazy becomes mm. Bond, you've got those, those camera shots yeah. of him with the cigarette and they're basically trying to go, this is Bond, this is Bond, this is Bond. And with Roger, they do the polar opposite. He's not even in the pre-title scene. No. They, they talk about the story and then the first scene is just him in bed and mm. we're just getting it so matter of fact. Oh, this is Bond, we're just getting on with this. We're and- not gonna shove it in mm. and it works. It just means he fits in seamlessly with it, I think.
9: Yeah, and he looks the part, doesn't he? Roger goes on to grow into the role in, in so many different of uh, the other Bond's following. But it is a good start, isn't it? Like, it's not... He doesn't feel out of place. It's not awkward. And he very much takes it his own way in that, I think. You know, it is different. Starting with him, That you know, how many dressing gowns he wears, the fashion element, you know, <laughs> the cigars, all this stuff. The one-liners, which he, he ends up, you know, this becomes so iconic for Rog. He's on it from like minute one with them, isn't he? Like?
1: I mean, one thing I love about Rog, he can't go without asking for information, without like <laughs> half an hour of film. You know, any time it's, i information. You know, he, he can't help himself. I thought early
9: on, actually, um, there was there's some good spy work from Rog, like actually behind the car, you know, when he's yeah, off through the voodoo yeah. shop and things like that. And, and the way he moves and all of that, you know, it's quite convincing. I think he does quite a good job of that. I have got three other quick things that go come it. to me that are parallels between Licence to Kill and this. Okay, um, all right, go on. You've got the, the stuff in the Fillet of Soul is very similar to the stuff where he meets Pam Bouvier in that, in, well, in that bar. Because it's a bar. No, it's very similar. <laughs> if it broke out into a fight, it'd be identical. <laughs> um, you've also got the parallel of the way that the poppy fields are exploded and the, thing is, uh, and the factory's exploded. You know, it's a great ending. And you've got the biggest thing for me, which is Professor Joe versus Baron Samaday. And I don't know which one does it better, if I'm honest. Both great characters.
1: I have never ever heard Baron Samady compared with Professor Joe before.
7: That's your hype. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs>
9: <laughs> also, I never I never kind how much tea he just smiles.
1: Oh, he's just he's a smiles great all character. The time, doesn't he's he? a great character because he's evil to the core. Mm. Evil to the core and yet so likable cuz all he ever does is smile. Mm. He's a great character. There's a lot to love in this film, yeah. And actually, when you think about it, there's things missing. You know, in terms of there's no cue in this film. No, it's the first film without a John Barry score since Doctor No, and the, it's not got Ken Adam on the sets. So all these things that are the no usual. Bond no, yeah, no bon car. One the Bond boss, yeah But all those things that have been the kind of benchmark And the things that have held the Connery era together and, and to this day, it's why it's seen as the golden years of Bond Those things that have been so iconic None of them are in Some of them deliberate Some of them just because, obviously, tax reasons with John Barry and stuff But it really helps Roger able to put his own stamp on the roll And bring Bond into the 70s I suppose, in a lot of ways, gives it that kind of step-up, so springboard, if you like, towards the iconic late 70s films like Spy, Love Me and Moonraker. Mm. It's like that starting point with those. I love the crocodile bit. I always have. It yeah. childish, but it looks so good on the big screen. And actually, the
9: crocodiles and alligators bit, it's one of the first times I remember actually feeling scared for Bond. Like, they will just rip him to pieces, oh. you know, like some of the other stuff is a little bit like, how will Bond get out of this? This is genuinely terrifying, and then he obviously gets out in quite a comedic
1: way. But, uh, you know, yeah, I love all of that completely. So we've had a great time. It's definitely been very different to any of the Connery films I've mm. seen. Basically, because I didn't see Diamonds Are Forever, which I do think has similarities. It's the bridge, isn't it? Yeah, it is the bridge. Same director, same screenwriter. Yeah. Great, and can't wait to see some more. So thanks again, and tune in now.
4: Easy, Charlie, let's
8: get there in one piece. Charlie. On Saturday night, we went to the cinema to see your second James Bond film at the cinema. And what was that?
7: Living Let Die.
8: And how did you find Living Let Die? Was it fun? Was it scary? Scary and fun. Both? That's good. And
7: exciting.
8: And exciting. And it's Roger Moore's first film, isn't it? And what did you think of Roger Moore?
7: I think he was a bit like nervous. (laughs)
8: <laughs> he would be you know. but what do you the think of James him Bond. what do you think of him as James Bond
7: he's brilliant
8: you think he's brilliant he's
7: second favourite
8: he's your second favourite now is he because last time we ch- chatted you said that Roger Moore was your favourite of James Bond remember yes I do know that and you changed because well, what do you think who's your new, new favourite James Bond the first kind
7: of James the Bond the first
8: one Sean mm-hmm. Connery
7: mm-hmm.
8: which is a bit of a bombshell like View to a Kill was always your favourite James Bond film and now what's your new favourite James Bond film
7: Octopusy. Yeah, where did that come from? I don't know. And Goldfinger, that's my second favourite. Oh,
8: well, yeah, I think that's...
7: Probably my... um, Doctor No will be, like, third favourite.
8: Really? That's quite a grown-up one, isn't it? I like it? it, I like The,
7: yeah. I like the, um, the dragon...
8: Yeah, the dragon that's actually a.
7: Um, remember at the beginning it said first of James Bond film. <laughs>
8: Does it say I that? don't know
7: why. I don't know why it said it, and then it was colourful. It was colourful, but also colourful. Yes,
8: yes. All the little, little coloured dots. It looks amazing. Doesn't it?
7: Yeah, it, it, because of the first one, did they add that?
8: I think that that was just the, they wanted it to be a really excitingly designed film, and those 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 dots were just part of the design. It is a James Bond film, isn't it? You still get the gun barrel and stuff, but you don't get. It's you know it's quite a grown up, <laughs> but anyway, Rod, but Roger Moore, Let Me Let Die. What did you think of it? What was your favourite character?
7: You're all than that, James Bond.
8: Right, and and who else? Is there any other good characters in the film? Hmm. Can Anger, he's pretty scary, isn't
7: he?
8: The one with the claw, maybe. Oh, tee-hee, yes. And then... <laughs> what
7: about Whisper? No. Oh, J.W. Pepper.
8: <laughs> yes! How can you not love J.W. Pepper? I think when we went to see the cinema, there wasn't a great deal of people in there, but we went to see it with Mummy and Math and John and his brother Dave. Did you hear
7: me say, what are you, some kind of gin- a doomsday machine in a similar
8: I did hear you (laughs) and it made it even funnier when you said it along
6: (laughs) a son of a bitch I got it what are you some kind of doomsday machine boy well we
4: got a cage strong enough to hold an animal like you here captain would you enlighten the sheriff please yes sir JW let me have a word with you JW, Now, this fellow's from London, England. He's an Englishman working in cooperation with our boys, a sort of secret agent.
17: Secret agent?
7: On whose
17: side?
8: But, yeah, we went to see it, and not I everyone th- laughed at the jokes.
7: I thought everyone would, um, like, laugh at me as well, but since I was saying
8: that. Saying it, well, I did, and I think Math laughed as well as Mummy. I think she couldn't help but laugh, because you, you you were saying the dialogue alongside it. <laughs> What did you What did you think of it? Do you think it was a bit too scary for for young people? No, no, not with the skulls and the snakes. Skulls. Whenever
7: where was the skulls Dad?
8: The skulls at the beginning, the title sequence, when when the, the, the song, the amazing song plays.
7: Oh yeah, um, that wasn't. There's was that woman's
8: head that's on fire, and then turns lacking.
7: into a school and then yeah. turns back into
8: normal. Yeah, yeah, that—that's. I always thought that was pretty scary. I thought when, that,
7: I, when you were younger. Yeah, yeah. I, I was basically saying when you were younger <laughs> yeah,
8: no, <laughs> in anyway. the film. Yeah, like when you were young. <laughs> I love the music in this I think I might have Misspoken before And said that it was sec- The second best Non-Barry score. Non-Barry Non-John Barry And what I meant to say Is it's second and it all You know John Barry's music Is the best This is the second best Score for any Bond film The
7: first James Bond
8: but, Well it, Just n- That's not The, the music's comedy. done by Yeah By John Barry Anyway So You loved it You loved seeing it At the big screen You loved eating popcorn Yeah yes. What else did you love I love them, the chocolate. <laughs> your things. chocolate as well.
7: And I love my water.
8: And your water, and you didn't spill it this time, which was really good. It's and
7: time I Spilled
8: it everywhere. Well, anything else that you liked or didn't like?
7: I like the scarecrows, but I'll tell mm. you what, I didn't like. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was anything.
8: What? Oh I didn't well, it's like. good to hear. It's pretty good. And Mummy admitted afterwards, it's not one of her favourites, but she says she really loves seeing it on the big screen. So I think that's a win. Yeah.
7: Um. What would um, be your favourite Roger Moore film?
8: Favourite Roger Moore film? <sighs> I think it might be. actually, <laughs> But I do love A View to Kill. Love it, love it, love it. Because I, that was the one that I watched on videotape when I was really young and again and again. But I love next week's film, The Man with the Golden Gun.
7: Yeah. Because it's,
8: it's got a brilliant John Barry score. You've got Christopher Lee. You've got a great... He plays such a great villain. There's so much in that film. It's so much fun. I look forward to that. You've got J.W. Pepper. And you've got J.W. Pepper again. (laughs) He's brilliant. So we're going to go and watch that next week, aren't we? We can't go on Saturday because I'm busy, but we're going to go on Sunday to go and watch The Man With The Golden Gun. So I can't wait to see that on the big screen with you. Okay.
7: Remember last time you were like this, I said this... What about Little to that? I knew about this. Oh yeah, if you like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you said like, oh yeah, if you like. <laughs> yeah, if you
8: like, anyway. So, since said goodbye to everyone.
7: Bye. Yeah.
8: Thanks.
14: Bye. See you later. Bye.
8: bye. See you later. Anybody home? Your champagne, sir. What was that?
16: Champagne. Put it on the table. Thanks.
4: Shall I open it? What? Shall I open it? Oh, no, no, I can manage. Thank you. Yeah, ma'am.
5: So I had the pleasure of watching Live and Let Die at the View Cinema in Berry with John and his brother David, as well as Chris, Jess and Ernie. It was a fantastic occasion yet again. Wonderful to see Roger on the big screen looking incredible, really. He, uh, he looked very youthful. His hair, I, I noticed, was uh, considerably shorter than, than what it gets to um, in his later films. Some of his outfits are, are absolutely glorious. He goes from incredibly smart particularly when we see him arriving in New York in that magnificent navy coat to much more uh, kind of casual or dressed down we, we often see him behind the scenes in in you know in his bedroom at the start in the bathroom when he arrives in San monique and when he's fishing uh, in that in that vest and sky blue outfit so it was wonderful to see Roger his humor really coming across from the start really and then the, 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 I mean, the film in itself is just so unique. It's one one on its own, I think. I, th- I think, which is partly due to the um, the different cultures that are on display. And you know, we get Harlem, we get New Orleans, we get San Monique. Three very different places, but obviously ones which which some of the characters we see throughout, and characters. There are so many of them in this film with wonderful bits of dialogue. I can't remember. S- there being so many henchmen and and different people in, in, in fabulous outfits around particularly around Kananga, who himself is a little bit more normal, but still his menace and his presence really came across this time. A word on solitaire she is treated pretty terribly by by everyone in the film um, obviously by kananga, but also by bond who who takes advantage of her in a in a way that i don 't think we would see nowadays, thankfully. And Jane Seymour looked beautiful on the screen, but she looked very, very young, I thought, very young. But the film itself is, I think, enhanced by the score by George Martin and the wonderful title track by Paul McCartney and Wings, which is just one of the greatest songs of all time, in my opinion. How good to see that on a big screen with the title sequence and, yeah, the score is just so, again, so unique. It belongs to this film. And I'm someone who is the, uh, just a massive John Barry fan. You know, I would I would want, in some ways, I'd, I'd have loved him to have scored them all. But having George Martin for this, the first non-Barry score, kind of, again, sets it apart. And the fact that we only got this sound for one film. And there's an awful lot of Bond, Bond theme in there, as well as use of the title track. It really was magnificent. So, a wonderful experience, our group was certainly laughing along, the rest of the audience were, seemed a little bit unresponsive and didn't quite seem to be, I might be wrong, they might have just been enjoying it, but they didn't quite seem to be on on the wavelength of the film perhaps, uh, which was a bit disappointing, but a wonderful outing. Brilliant to see Roger on the big screen, just a fantastic Bond film, a unique experience and can't wait for Man with the Golden Gun.
18: So this is a bit weird. For the first time since Goldfinger, I'm watching one of these Bond films at the cinema alone. Complete shock horror. Unfortunately, I was a bit too sensitive slash hungover yesterday to watch with Math and the others. So I've decided to watch today. uh, It's Sunday today so it's actually the perfect day to watch a film like this and um, live and let die is one of the first bond films that i remember watching for those who haven't heard i've previously said on the podcast that the first four films that i owned on vhs and the only ones i owned for quite a while were goldfinger and roger moore's first three bond films so live and let die has been part of that collection i still own that vhs today And, yeah, it's the first time I'm watching a Roger Moore film in the cinema for quite a while. The only one I've seen prior to this is Moonraker. So, to be able to now get onto Roger Moore's era is terribly exciting. I've really enjoyed The Connery Years and to see Una Majesties once again. But to now enter this, which is probably my favourite era of Bond, I think, anyway, you know it's just it's just great i've been such a fan of these films for so long it feels i mean it's practically my whole life and to to get to see live and let die the Man with the golden gun and the spy who loved me now over these next few weeks is probably the most exciting you know section of film selection of films to see and i think everyone loves live and let die the song um i can't imagine <laughs> yeah. Why anyone wouldn't enjoy this song, it's, it just opens up this film with a bang. Girlfriend, what I would say is not the best pre-title sequence in the world compared to so many of the other fantastic ones. Um, but you get this song and then you just open straight to Roger Moore, complete, you know, completely nonchalant. It's just like, okay, here we go. We're just starting. No big things, we're just going to move on. This film was very, very scary as a child. And although I don't have that same sense of fear that I did when I was about five years old, you know, probably too young to watch the film, I'm hoping that the cinema experience will kind of make me a bit fearful again. <laughs> I do want to feel that sense of fear, that sense of dread that I had, you know, Mr. Big, you know, Kanunga and all of his, you know, associates, henchmen, you know, all everything that's going on with Samanik, the Scarecrows, you know, they it all terrified me. And there was this really, you know, just sense of, something that was just unnerving about this film that you would just go for it's like maybe it's because you know there's some weird supernatural elements you know solitaires foresight's uh, her powers as well as you know the baron samedy stuff there's just a lot here and it's just it's it's really a, a weird one to kind of unpack because you know, Diamonds was weird in a whole other way, in terms of, it was just being quite camp and just, you know, trying to do like a buy the numbers thing, but in a sort of updated way. Whereas, Live and Let Die is its own unique thing, and there's elements here that we never see again, mostly these supernatural elements. But I think it's quite brave of what they did, and I absolutely love, you know, this cast, I think everyone here does so well. potentially the weakest is jane seymour but i mean she's still really great in this film i think it's more so because i enjoy you know aki then tracy and tiffany so much that to get a character like solitaire I just kind of hope for a bit more so i hope that the big screen experience will make me appreciate her even more i absolutely love rosie carver i kind of wish she was in it more but i understand you know she's there for a purpose and and that's it as i said you know the the associates henchmen of mr big of you know kananga so so you know i i think it's probably one of the strongest sets of of villains actually t he is my favorite because i just think he's so charming and you know he he looks Very intimidating, but cool. Baron Samadi, you know, he's a classic. You know, he's one of the most iconic henchmen of all time. But for me, he just doesn't do as much as I would like to. And I think that's why Teehee takes the top spot above him. Whisper. (laughs) Whisper's just... I can't even believe it. Whisper barely does anything either. But the scenes that he's in, he absolutely kills. You know, he just has... You know, he's... Is he super exciting? No. Is he super visual? No, but... it's just because of the voice and just because of like uh, uh, and it's just like you you can barely say anything it's just so funny and then yeah and I feel very bad I've forgotten the name of the guy that is in the speedboat chase he's excellent you know very underrated so much underrated in fact that I can't remember his name because he's never talked about you know it's only been you know the past couple of years where I've heard other people actually speak about him I feel like he's like the lost henchman but he's actually, you know, fairly good and fairly competent, and just unfortunately, Bond best is, you know, best him, which is a shame, but I mean, it makes for a spectacular explosion. And of course, how can I forget Sheriff J.W. Pepper, one of the shining lights? Um, <laughs> and I mean, that's totally the fact that I think he's probably just a terrible, awful person, but in terms of this film and the next one, he's so hilarious, so comedic, we're not laughing with him, we're laughing at him, you know, he just, he adds, he he adds something, he adds something, it's probably not necessary, but I would not have this or The Man With The Golden Gun without Pepper, you know, he just, he just adds a form of levity to it somehow, I don't even know how that's possible, but he does, and I just enjoy it. Of course, you know, there's Felix in this film, Mrs. Bell is in this film, we can't forget her. Charlie um, is in this film. We have Madeline Smith's character as well, M, Moneypenny. Yeah, it's just, it's a great film. I love that we get a little bit of New York in the 70s. It's very rare to get that location in a Bond film, so it's nice to just have a little sneak peek of that, even though it's not too much. And yeah, it's just nice to kind of be going towards a more tropical climate as well, at least for a little bit, uh, which we haven't really had for the past couple of films. So yeah, I'm about to leave for the cinema very soon. Very excited to watch this film and I look forward to reporting back and I hope that everyone who's watched this has had a good time because I think it's a great film, especially today, it's a great Sunday film.
12: Hi, it's Chris Garfield, Nelson Pendle. Went to watch Live and Let Die on Sunday with my friend Donna at the View Cinema in Preston. Previous week, I'd made some sort of misery comments about Diamonds Are Forever, having scenes of uh, the car chases being like they were similar to Cannonball Run. I have to admit, hands up. During the boat chases around the swamps, it was very much like Cannonball Run. So I do hold my hand up. However, that is my only gripe, if it was anything, about Live and Let Die. What a joy. I absolutely love Roger Moore in this film. I think he's fantastic. The start is uh, very different but very good and it's sort of reminiscent of Dr. No with the uh, agents that they've got in place being uh, taken out by uh, Katanga's men. We get the opening sequ- oh, opening track, which is fantastic. Really love the Live and Let Die score by uh, Paul McCartney and Wings. Great opening with uh, M. It's like he's just moved on, doesn't matter. Sean's gone. It's still tetchy with Bond. The coffee machine. <laughs> Hilarious. Move on to America. And unlike the previous film, I don't have any problems with the American side of this. This just, fil- this film just swings. Roger Moore is absolutely effortless in this. I think he's absolutely superb. I mean, I'm being a bit guilty by saying that Roger Moore was the first James Bond ever, so I'm perhaps maybe i have a soft bottle for him. But... I just think he just cruises this through this film. Everything about what I want to watch about a James Bond film is in this. The soundtrack is amazing. The 4K restoration makes everything look really good. Jane Seymour looks absolutely stunning. My friend who came with me said she loved this film because she thought it was the cheesiest of them all. I did bite my tongue a bit. Yes, there are elements of that. But... There are so much good things and very serious elements in this film. Roger Moore is just great. I think Yafet Koto is a superb villain. He's really good. When I was a kid, I was absolutely blown away when he started peeling his face off. I didn't have a clue. Didn't have a clue. And when I'm watching it on the big screen, you're just just held there, mesmerised. I've come away from watching this film really looking forward to it and really buzzed by it. I think it's a fantastic film. Live or Let Die is one of the my favourite Roger Moore films. The soundtrack on it is incredible. It really is good. i mean, watching and listening to it on the big screen. Every little bits and pieces out of it, you just pick it all out. It's just great. I've had a fairly great time watching it. I said I'd probably put a more positive spin on my next review. I've loved watching this film. I think it's great. Oh, and by the way, Sheriff J.W. Pepper... On whose side? Awesome. Roll on. Man with a Golden Gun. I can't wait. The Roger Moore series has begun, and good times are ahead. See you later, guys. Take care.
4: Well, it's just a hat, darling. Belonging to a small-headed man of limited means who lost a fight with a chicken.
14: Some warning. Get it out of here! Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello?
0: Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight-loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss.
14: Oh, please, please don't leave me alone tonight. James, please promise me.
4: Oh. All right, darling, if you insist. I promise.
19: This is Gary Kaye at the Odeon Cinema in Bath, just about to go in to watch Roger Moore's first James Bond film Live and Let Die on the big screen. Really looking forward to this screening this evening. Roger Moore was my favourite of the Bonds. love the humour that he injected into the role and how he elevated any script Really looking forward to hearing George Martin's fantastic score for this film through a decent cinema sound system. Watching that boat chase with the mighty Sheriff J.W. Pepper. Paul McCartney and Wing's fantastic title song and Morris Binder's striking title sequence um, that accompanies it with the um, elements of voodoo referencing the story. Really looking forward to this, as I said, and uh, speak to you later. Hi, guys. I'm here at the
2: Rochdale Odeon. Didn't know there was one until I uh, checked out and had to watch Live and Let Die before, well, before it went off its run. Amazing that we only get Saturday to Tuesdays because... Oh, you know, I feel sorry for the people who miss it and then the whole Wednesday and Thursday Friday they get nothing. But anyway, we're, we're blessed. Sorry US fans and fans of the world who haven't been able to see any of these on the 60th anniversary. But yeah, it's a bit odd coming to Rochdale because I'm a Bury FC fan now. For those who don't know football and for those who do but haven't heard of Bury FC, our rivals are Rochdale. So it's a bit, a bit annoying to have to come here. But I'm here anyway, and uh, I'm very glad I am because I'm going to see one of my favourite Bond films, Live and Let Die, on the big screen, and I can't quite believe that's happening. It's sort of one that was watched many, many times as kids. It's obviously got stuff that appeals to children, you know, the stunts, Roger Moore, particularly the the crocodiles. I know Rob and his kids are obsessed, and it's hard not to see why. But also, the main thing for kids is Sheriff J.W. Pepper, so I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of reaction if there's anyone else in the screening not sure there will be let's let's see what they make of the the great man i'm also quite intrigued to see it because i haven't seen it as much as the others since i started doing this podcast i think i watched it with jennifer about maybe 18 months ago and apart from that i haven't seen it for maybe 15 years so even though i'm very familiar with it it's one i'm less familiar with so that'll be something interesting to see The music, I think it was one of the first soundtracks we bought as kids. Not many kids buy soundtracks, of course, but we we bought all the Bond ones we could. It's just got so much Bond theme, it's got so much atmosphere. You just think like you, you're being James Bond whenever that music's on. I absolutely love it. Yes, John Barry, of course, you know, we would have had him if he was here. But yeah, it's amazing to think that without John Barry and without Q, this still feels like one of the very best, most classic Bond films. And I think credit has to go to Guy Hamilton. But I'm uh, fast appreciating his his work even more, having seen Diamonds and now on to Live and Let Die. And then next week, one of my ultimate favorites, The Man with the Golden Gun. So I'm very excited, hyped. I'm looking forward to seeing this very, very interesting, weird, strange and wonderful Bond film.
20: I've just arrived at the cinema to watch Live and Let Die. And once again, I'm joined by my father-in-law, Andy. It's a different cinema in Leeds, but once again, it's going to be reclining seats to watch Live and Let Die. So it's another treat for us. Very excited to see this one. I absolutely love this film. I know it's perhaps one that's not always massively highly rated by Bond fans, but it's never near the bottom either of people's rankings. I think it's a great adventure. I'm really looking forward to it and looking forward to it on the, uh, on the big screen. I don't know about you, Andy. Do you, do you, how fondly do you remember this film? I
16: remember it very well. I saw it back in 1973 at the cinema when it was released and uh, went along with a friend of mine. And it has always been my favourite Bond film. So it's such a contrast to the last Bond film that I saw, which I thought was abysmal. But uh, (laughs) um, you may know the one I'm talking about. (laughs) It had Die in the title anyway. But but yes, I'm really looking forward to seeing this one. Yeah, yeah. it's,
20: I know. I noticed it's also in your DVD collection. Isn't it? This it is, is one that you own.
16: DVD collection, but it'll be so much better seeing it on the big screen. Yeah, I, I didn't think that was something I would ever get to do.
20: Yeah, yeah. And we're just talking in the car. I think this the film came out a month after you'd gone on your first date with your now it, wife, my now mother-in-law. Indeed, is that
14: right?
16: indeed, indeed, it was. And uh, yeah, so the, they were the two most uh, significant events in in that particular year. Yeah. Meeting my wife, and then, uh, uh, you know, then that was the second most important thing. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and seeing Live and Let Die was, uh, yeah, What your, a good year.
20: When we came together last, it was the first Bond film and Sean Connery's first. This is, hmm. there was we've had George Lazenby do Honor Magic the Secret Service, and then back to Sean Connery for Diamonds Are Forever. Now, this is Roger Moore's first, so what... What are your thoughts on Roger Moore? Are you a fan, or you, where does he kind of I rank
16: am, for you? I, I, th- I thought that he would—he made a terrific James Bond. You know, I—I I, I, struggle sometimes to choose between Sean Connery mm. and, and Roger Moore, but uh, I, th- I think—I think Roger Moore might just clinch it. Yeah. To be honest, I—I oh, I, nice. I think he, he has the natural, probably not a proper word, suavity. <laughs> uh, but he's—you yeah. uh, know—he—I think he just. Yeah, He just makes it. He's, he's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm look, this, yeah. I'm looking forward
20: to seeing him on the big screen. Uh, that's a bit of a treat. I don't yeah. think I've ever seen Roger Moore on the big screen. Mm. No. Anyway, yeah. we'd better go because we're on the minutes, but we'll Pop-pop. join you after for our post- Oh, yeah, of course. Let's get it. Yep.
21: Hello there, listeners of the Really 007 podcast. It's Rob here, and we're here, I say we because I'm with my family. It's a family out into the Trafford Centre to see these 7.50pm showing of live and let die we took a family vote and this was the one that all of them wanted to see we've got mrs parker here we've got robin who is four we've got sylvia who is seven and ava who is 11. now they're all familiar with this one so guys sylvia yes? this one is called live and let die yes and what do you remember about it
6: he jumps on crocodiles
21: he does jump on crocodiles that's that's very good is this one of your favorite james bond films no no <laughs> <laughs> No. What What is one of your favourite James Bond films?
6: None.
21: None. Wonderful family trip we're, we're having. Um, Robin, what about you? You like James Bond, don't you? Yeah. And what do you think about Live and Let Die? It's good. It's good, yeah. What's your favourite bit about it? Um, when it jumps
6: on the crocodile.
21: Funny that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a theme here emerging. And Ava, 11 year old Ava, what are you thinking about uh, about this today, about Live and Let Die? What are you excited about seeing? It's
7: the crocodiles!
21: <laughs> right, this could be a very, very simple. Should we just leave after the crocodile scene? It's the only bit I
7: know. <laughs> I've never watched this one
21: before. You've never seen this one before? Oh, well, that's no. even better then, isn't it? and it's got Roger Moore as James Bond. Now, what do you think about Roger Moore? Who is he? <laughs> well, who is he? Mrs. Parker, what do you think about Roger Moore as James Bond? Who is he? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is ridiculous. Robin, what do you think about Roger Moore as James Bond? Um,
6: that's what I say.
21: You didn't hear what I said. What do you think about Roger Moore as James Bond? He's good He's good, yeah Sylvia, what do you think about Roger? This is his first James Bond film, this one I don't
6: like it (laughs) You
21: don't like, right, great (laughs) Well, tune in after the screening for more (laughs) incredible insight into the world of James Bond We'll see you on the other side The
4: cards say we will be lovers You're mistaken It's impossible, forbidden for me Now you must go but you do believe I mean really believe in the cards
0: well, they have never lied to me
4: then they won't now
11: pick one uh-huh.
18: Before
4: it
18: was given. Strangely enough, somehow, so did I. So, I've just come back from watching Live and Let Die, and of course, it was a great time. I can't even complain at all about anything, really. Yeah, some things haven't aged well, of course, but I think everything's pretty good here. Tom Mankiewicz really does a good job of pulling together a really good script. To me, like, there's so many lines that stand out and just so many funny moments. Pepper kind of steals it, especially, well, especially in that part of the film. He's just completely in control, even though he's completely out of control. It's just so funny. I mean, I recited the words, Secret agent on whose side? And then I, I did it again before because it just got stuck in my head and i was like oh my goodness why but it's just so good adam was the henchman adam was the henchman that i forgot before that was his name i mean it's not said in the film i don't think so i did have to look at the credits but that is why but yeah just a couple of observations about the film that i hadn't noticed before adam parks his car up and then pepper comes along you can see black smoke in the background and i've never noticed that before uh, which i presume is you know on purpose to come from the Kanunga farm with all the crocodiles so that was just something that I noticed and then I don't know I'm gonna need to actually have a look at the film I might take a look on Amazon Prime or I'll look at the DVD or blu-ray but there was a weird cut between bond getting into the like, into the cab with the taxi driver the one who reappears later in New Orleans the beginning of the sequence where the bond theme plays and we see the cars driving there was a weird cut and I can't I can't remember if it's a cut that has always been there or if it's not so I'm really gonna need to look at that because it bothered me so much and maybe it's always been there and I've never never noticed it but it just really bothered me because you obviously can see it on the big screen so and it was like a split second of another shot and I can't remember what that shot was but yeah I, I mean aside from that I've There's not too much else to say. I kind of wish that this wasn't the proper widescreen ratio. Unfortunately, it does go back to kind of like, I don't know if it's like a 14 by 9 instead, which is really annoying. I mean, it doesn't really affect the film too much. But I think you go from, you know, the past few films since Thunderball that 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 has been in that ratio, and then suddenly it's back to this... And I'm not sure if it was a Guy Hamilton thing or if it was for any other reason, but it does just change things slightly. And you know, it's not, it really isn't that distracting, but it's just something to point out, really. Saltair does a good job. I think you go from, as I said before, you have the the women that have been in it recently, and Saltair doesn't really do too much. I mean, it's, she... I, what I did appreciate, even though I don't necessarily agree with how Bond gets her into bed, you know, you could argue different things I'm sure and, you know, she, you know, prophesied it in the cards. But I mean I still don't think it was a good way a good way to go down. But as a side gag, it works as what it is. But what I kind of love after that is that once Solitaire has essentially lost her virginity, she kind of has some new <laughs> some newfound inner confidence about her sexuality that I just found that I just find really kind of refreshing that she's she's kind of like wanting to have sex and wanting to do to do stuff and I just I like that she that you get that sense of empowerment from her maybe it doesn't come from a good place but i mean at least you know she's you know utilizing herself the way she wants to and i just kind of appreciate that i feel really bad for rosie i know she i mean she's clearly not as you know capable as as others and you know she gets some things wrong and ultimately ultimately that leads to her demise but yeah i just feel really bad for in that final scene with her like she's literally got no way out bond probably could have killed her she's just trapped in an escape Four situations, so it just kind of makes you feel bad for her there, Mrs. Bell. Oh my goodness, to just to to hear her say "holy shit" on (laughs) on the big screen was just so funny. And what I appreciated about this viewing is that you know there was there was probably maybe seven, eight people in this screening, but but there was quite a bit of laughter. I could hear you know people in the background laughing at certain things and. It happened as the film went on. There wasn't too much reaction in the first half, but especially in the second half, I think once they left Sam Monique the first time and they went into New Orleans and everything after that, everything from that point onwards, there was quite a few laughs. A lot of Moore's uh, jokes landed really well. A lot of just like the visual comedy in elements of it. It just it was just really good. So it was nice to hear that because usually when I've gone on my own, there hasn't been too much. When I've gone with the guys from Really 007, Usually we we're, we're laughing together, and I don't know whether other people react to that or not. And you know, some people, some screenings, it's not, it's just not been as funny, maybe. But yeah, this was that. This was really just really nice to be part of. And yeah, so yeah, live and let die, really, really good film. Looking forward probably more to the man with the golden gun. I'd prefer man with the golden gun to live and let die, but they're both very close in my ranking anyway. Yeah, just really looking forward to. Christopher Lee, all the locations in in the God and Gone specifically. The the music, I mean, I will say just quickly, the music in Live and Let Die is very good. Sometimes I just feel like there's probably areas where music maybe could have been included. There's, you know, a lot of it fits in really well, but I, I do miss it when it's not there as well. Probably not my favourite, but I think it is a nice, you know, George Martin does, does what he needs to do, and I think it is a nice breath of fresh air i think but i think it's good to go back to john barry and the man with the golden gun has you know one of my favorite scores as well from the bond series so yeah lots to look forward to another really great time and yeah looking forward to watching the man with the golden gun so i'll speak to you all soon
21: so the parker family have just come out of seeing live and let die and uh, i've got a report the kids were all brilliant how was that guys? sylvia how did you find that
6: it
21: was okay. Was it okay? What was your favourite bit? Um, when the
6: man blew up on the
21: sofa. <laughs> yes, you like it when Whisper uh, the sofa goes really inflated under whisper, don't you? And what did you think about stuff like the music and the action? Was it good? It was okay. It was okay. Good. Well, this is a, a step up from how you yeah. thought about it before we went in. And Robin, what about you? What did you think about Live and Let Die? It
6: was good.
21: It was good. And what was your favourite bit? I've got two. Two? Go on. What were your favourites?
6: When, when the parachute landed and the man fell off the edge. Oh, and, and he kicks
21: him in the back of the head he, and he falls off. You yes. were chuckling at that, weren't you?
6: Yeah. And what else? And, and the sofa when it blowed up with the man on it.
21: Oh, you like it when Kananga the, the Baddie uh, gets all blo- boom. <laughs> and you liked it when the sharks were on, didn't you, as well? Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Oh, that's excellent. And Ava, what about you? What did you think about that tonight? First James Bond film on the big screen, wasn't it, for you?
6: Yeah.
21: And what did you think? It
6: was good.
21: It was good, yeah? Yeah. Exciting? Yes. Yeah. Better than you thought? Uh, yeah,
6: yeah, yeah.
21: Good, oh, that's good. And what about your favourite bits?
6: Um, Probably um, the... Um, and the blow up on the sofa dude and then then, uh, when we saw the snakes because I like
21: snakes oh yes of course the snakes yeah that was a bit it's quite interesting themes that isn't it you know with all the 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 sort of dark magic and stuff Um, Yeah. yeah it's quite interesting wasn't it yeah but it held your attention and you enjoyed it yeah I
6: like snakes
21: excellent stuff and what about you Mrs Parker that was your well that's the first time I've ever seen you watch a James Bond film all the way through what did you think
6: oh I
7: loved it I thought it was really funny
21: yeah you were snorting all the (laughs) way through I wasn't snorting not snorting no you (laughs) were laughing all the (laughs) way through I'm not a pig Um, no I I just found it I just found it hilarious yeah it was really good I really enjoyed it and have you got a favourite bit uh, the man being blown up on the sofa. <laughs> I liked a little bit of the, the humorous parts, I guess. The obvious humorous parts. Yeah. Um, I had thought of something halfway through that I wanted to mention, but I can't remember it now. What, I like the lady's what, hair. What about Roger? What did you think about I Roger? Roger? I liked Roger. I liked Roger. But, oh, I know why. Why does, he wear, why does he wear shoes that everyone can hear him in? Like, high
6: heels. <laughs>
21: <laughs> oh, well, some of the clothes. Could I get away with wearing some of those clothes? No way. <laughs> <laughs> no way. What if I... I showed up in that like that baby blue denim stuff that he was wearing on the boat I'm sure I've seen him in that um, <laughs> yeah. uh, no, it's not the worst thing <laughs> oh excellent I thought yeah my own takeaways were that um, I thought the clothes were incredible uh, while well, we're just talking about that unbelievable wardrobe choices but um yeah seeing that on the big screen the action was just such in such a, a great scope so big the music I, I just didn't realise how much I absolutely loved the music in Live and Let Die um, Roger's absolutely brilliant um and, um, yeah, it's just um, a goodie versus a baddie in a really interesting setting. It is bold, a bold movie, um, but full marks for me. It's one of my favourites all, of all time. It still remains one of my favourites all time, and I'm so glad I got the opportunity to see it on the big screen. Um, so, Parker family, thank you very much. Are we going to go and try and see if the arcade's still open now? Yeah. yeah. Excellent stuff. Over and out.
18: So, after a little bit of research and a thanks to Timothy from Twitter as well as John Orty, I realised that the part that was cut was after the woman in the shop says, he's tailing, briefly shows Bond once again getting into the taxi, but then it just cuts to the Bond theme and the taxi following the car. It completely cuts out Strutter saying, got him in my sights. So we completely missed that, and that was what was cut out, and that's really weird. I know John Arty tweeted at Bill Koenig to ask if there was any other version of the film that was released that would have this removed, and Bill said that there wasn't, so I do find this a little bit weird. And it's not that it just happened in Manchester, it happened elsewhere as well. So I'm not sure why that happened. I'm just I am glad that I I realized what it was that we found out. But yeah, a bit weird. It and it would be great if anyone actually could find out what happened or if it was just a mistake because it was a very apparent cut. It wasn't it wasn't done properly because of that split second of showing Bond getting into the taxi. You knew that. Well, at least I knew that it wasn't that wasn't proper. That wasn't supposed to be there.
21: Okay, we've just got home. One extra thing uh, popped into my head having sort of had half an hour to digest it, that I really wanted to, yeah, make another little note to, to talk about this point, which was just how much the audience uh, was involved and enjoyed it. And so, yeah, the Trafford Centre audience tonight was really um, a mix of all sorts of ages. Everyone was smiling throughout, you know, during the boat chase in the bayous. I had a little glance around and just everyone was beaming everywhere yeah it was really really positive I, you know i'm so glad i get the get to see these movies on such a screen with an audience it's just it's just reminded me just so much how much i love them and why i love them yeah and interesting things as well i know this is some this is you know going to fit in uh, with what people think i talk about quite a bit which is the current era and the you know, the the things I'm not so keen on in the current era of James Bond. But a couple talked to us on the way out and they were saying how much they enjoyed seeing us as a family there and that, you know, Bond used to be a family event. And that, you know, really hit home tonight, seeing that just how many people were having a really great time. The biggest, you know, laughing all the way through people, all the humour everyone was really responding to. And I think that, you know... They said this. This isn't me putting words into their mouth, but they said it's not like it's not the same anymore uh, because their children can't watch James Bond. They won't let their children watch James Bond anymore. They can watch the old ones, of course. But yeah, and I'm just thinking, I just think, how sad is that? How sad is that, really? So yeah, I just wanted to make make sure that this. It, I talked about the the fact that this audience was really buzzing and really into it, and it was a really sort of fun, exciting family themed cinema experience. Yeah, something we don't have much of in the world of Bond anymore.
20: We just come out of the cinema we're back in the car still finishing off the last bits of popcorn and it it was a popcorn movie really, a lot of a lot of fun. We both went into it very fond of the film and I think we've both come out just as fond if not more mm. fond re- Really enjoyable. Great debut by Roger Moore. Like like with a lot of Bond films, I just seem to sort of get deeper and deeper into it the more the film Sort of went on, and the more that Bond became sort of embroiled in Kananga's gang and all that, just felt like I, obviously I love Roger Moore from the very start, but you just side with Bond more and more, and you, you kind of you trust in how confident and sure he is, and he's Roger Moore is so confident in this film, so Mm. pretty cocky throughout, really, and and not in a bad way, but you you always feel that he'll come through, and he's sort of got Mm. the upper hand, he's very very sure of it, and. And also, just kind of on a side note, I do love that it's a break from Spectre and Blofeld. I mean, it's just like a, a straightforward mission of a, of a, you know, a drug lord. And so it's kind of smaller scale. So I think it's a really good way to introduce Roger Moore and you know to go to some, some good locations with some really good cast of characters. There must be about ten characters that are all pretty memorable in that film. You know, but whether it's the name or their sort of their little gimmick or whatever it is it's even though it's Roger Moore's debut there's so much more going on and it's not he, he's not absolutely central to it and I, I think that's a really good way of doing it um, so yeah absolutely loved it so good to see Roger Moore on the big screen hear the soundtrack as well and obviously the song um, yeah absolutely brilliant I don't know what, what do you think Andy sorry great,
16: just great memories I uh, as, as I watched the film I, I, I was remembering bits oh. when I, from when I first saw it that bits that I Probably forgotten, you know. But, yeah. but then they, they all came uh, flooding back. All the uh, <laughs> th- that feeling of when I first ever saw it. Uh, I, I thought it it was brilliant. Out in 1973, it very much captured the 70s mm. at that period that it was made. You know what what Harlem had a reputation of being at that time, and and, and I, I also loved that. Supernatural element, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, you know, absolutely, the, the, yeah, with the witch that, that little bit of,
20: yeah,
16: you know, witchcraft and stuff. I, I, I just thought that were a really yeah, interesting dimension to
20: that. Makes uh, it a bit of a one of a, a, of a kind in the yeah, series, indeed, yeah. Indeed, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
16: And of course, we can't
20: not mention Sheriff J.W. Pepper, oh, who, that's that's who we all a, came to see. What a legend, yeah, <laughs> uh, what a legend, yeah. I mean, that, that, I to be honest, that boat chase, I. I was thrilled enough just seeing that on the big screen, the the Bayou River and the you know these super fast boats. But he's he's so funny, yeah, yeah. (laughs) every bit. Seeing him stumbling around and falling out of (laughs) uh, smashed up cars on the big screen is absolutely (laughs) glorious. Yeah, and we'll you know obviously appears in the next film as well, so the fun doesn't stop there. But yeah so many great bits in the film and I just felt like it, it got better and better and I became more and more immersed in it and it was absolutely brilliant so yeah superb yeah anything else to add on there don't yeah, I?
16: well uh, just that he only had that one gadget in this film
20: yes it, uh, you know the watch that did everything yeah. really yeah, yeah and there's no q actually this the one bond without q um, oh, yeah, yeah. which is quite an interesting fact i don't yeah. personally i'm fine with that i don't mind 1 in 25 not having a certain character in mm. but yeah you're right it wasn't totally reliant on gadgets but no, you know the gadget was quite yeah, pivotal I'll in the
16: end definitely engine. be buying a rolex next
20: time I watch <laughs> yeah. yeah sheer magnetism <laughs> yeah all right anyway thank you so much um keep bringing on these films and like we've been saying to listeners it's such a good opportunity to see these films on the big screen films we know we love already but to uh, get a new appreciation and see them on the cinema it's really something that we encourage you to try and get to obviously it's a big task to see them all but try and work out which ones you do want to see and definitely can't encourage you enough to to get out there and see them anyway thank you so much and on to uh, other listeners thoughts
22: this is trevor baxendale just out from live and let die on the big screen. I'd call that an amazing experience. Everything in that film is just galvanised, not just by the incredible presence of Roger Moore, but a whole new feel and pace for these films. Live and Let Die just zings along with confidence and style to spare, just like its new 007, and it carries you along for the ride. The audience that were with me then absolutely loved it. There was lots of laughter in the right places. And the big set pieces, the Crocodile Farm and the Speedboat Chase look absolutely epic on the big screen with everything raised up to a heightened life with George Martin's brilliant, ultra-modern score. It's surely one of the truly great non-Barry Bond scores. And it sounds fantastic pounding through a cinema system. The finale with Roger Moore in full action hero mode in his black roll neck and shoulder holster is one of the greatest for perhaps the first time. The main villain is a physical match for Bond and the final knife fight above and below the water is just edge of the seat stuff. Bond is back and in the electrifying form of Roger Moore he's here to stay.
23: Right, good evening folks. Kieran Richard here, aka Kieran Brown, along with Bob Foster. There we go, and uh, we've just finished the 8th screening in the 60th anniversary Bond Fest, Live and Let Die. So, let's divulge our thoughts. Bob, what do you think?
17: Again, excellent, absolutely brilliant print. The, what struck me again was the the titles, and uh, yet again I noticed extra instruments, especially in the, the title song. But during every uh, quite a lot of cues throughout the film, obviously it's it was refreshing after seeing them all in order to see a new actor in the role, and obviously he does a very good interpretation of it in his own style to be fair
23: i know i echo your sentiments bob i mean this is the one i've been waiting for i think since this screening fest began so roger's always been my bond this is the first film that i properly saw so to actually see this on the big screen for the first time has been it's just been sensational really on reflection but yeah no um little details it's funny when you watch these on the big screen i don't know if you thought this bob but just the little things that you don't see when you're watching it on the television
17: yeah, um, yeah it's all it's I mean, magnified, isn't it? It is, and
23: it, you notice so much more, and, and one little detail I notice, it, when Bond and Solitaire they leave and they arrive at New Orleans airport, the taxi to which they jump in, there's little stickers on the back on the, um, the boot, the fender, and bumper stickers, and one of them says "bonding drivers," and I'm not sure if that was a, a little reference <laughs> well, or a little nod, or whether it was just a coincidence. But I just it raised a smile with me. But again, this print is probably the best print of this film I've ever seen. Yes, it um, is very good. The 4K restoration was super, and uh, just just little details such as the you know the, the chrome finish on Tiki's claw, the sweat droplets at the end on the train fight scene. Yeah, I thought um,
17: the that when he ripped his arm. Sleeve down, you could see the wires, they, they, were, they were very prominent mm. on the, the big screen, in the, on the 4K, yeah. uh, the, it hit me as well, the initial car chase after the driver's been shot, that was very in your face, that mm. was, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was very good.
23: No, no, the details are superb, the the sound quality was excellent. I don't think it gets much better than this experience, really, so I highly recommend it. But the bit we couldn't understand, we were saying this before, weren't we, Bob, was... ...they deleted one scene, they cut one scene. And it's the scene where Bond leaves the voodoo store. Literally, she's saying that he's tailing. Strutter. And Strutter, there's that scene in the film, the normal print anyway, whereby he says, oh, I've got him in my sights. But for some
17: reason, they cut it. And I can't, we can't understand why. And yet and yet they left the line in about it's like following a cue ball. Mm. So, Which would be the one that you might have cut out, if any, but yeah. they didn't. It's so, very, very odd. Yeah,
23: strange one. That one we'll never know the answer to. But uh, all in all, thoroughly enjoyed this. I think probably more than any of them thus far. So for me, a superb experience.
17: Yeah, and roll
23: on Man with a Golden Gun. Precisely, exactly. absolutely. Roger Moore round two. So. Yeah. Uh,
19: no, I hope you all enjoy it as much as we did, and uh, we'll see you for the next one. Hello, this is Gary Kaye just been to see Live and Let Die at the Odin in Bath and um, just thought I'd share some of my thoughts on it. First of all about the transfer. I thought the transfer was a bit inconsistent compared to On A Majesty's Secret Service and Diamonds Are Forever. It may have just been the, the screening I went to but I'm not entirely convinced that it was because I have to confess I did see Live and Let Die at the Prince Charles Cinema in London a few months back and that was the first time I'd seen it on the big screen and I was sat right at the back of the auditorium and I noticed then that some of the image quality was a little dark, a little muddy looking. I did actually think the image quality was sharper at the Prince Charles cinema than at the Odeon i thought that some of the close-ups did look really very good actually i have to say um, clearly more detail than you get at home watching it on blu-ray but some of the medium to long shots i thought looked a bit out of focus and some of the shots slightly even um, the color was a little bit washed out and also the other thing i noticed was that um there were a few sequences in the movie where it looked like there was an oversaturation of red in the the colour which distracted a little from the enjoyment of the film. Having said that I thought the sound design really was very very good again through the cinema sound system. Thoroughly enjoyed the pre- the title sequence with Paul McCartney and Wing's superb title song, which is my personal favourite of the Bond themes. And Morris Binder's title sequence that accompanies it just looks stunning. The, um, the super- supernatural elements in it, the skull imagery and the fire that um, reflects some of the themes in the movie. For me, Roger Moore really hit the ground running as Bond. He was a very experienced screen actor, of course, by that time, he'd done The Saint, he'd done The Persuaders on television. In addition to that, he'd done some movies, uh, most notably excellent dramatic um, performance in The Man Who Haunted Himself, proving that um, not only can he play like comedy in films, um, as he was so well known for in the Bond films in particular, but also was capable of playing dramatic parts very well also. Jane Seymour as Solitaire was absolutely um, an excellent piece of casting. Was very, obviously, very beautiful um, actress. She came across as a, a very young, innocent who convinces the audience that she has these supernatural powers. Yathik Kotto as uh, Kananga, Mr. Big absolutely superb performance throughout, Um, some lovely little subtleties, he's very good at, um, he can talk very softly um, or he can raise his voice and make an incredible impact um, as a character on screen certainly for me one of the best villains in the entire Bond series of films, a larger than life character and who has a little bit of class um, love the little bit at the end of the film um, that um, just shows that these films are fantasies that at the moment, just before Bond and Solitaire are supposed to be being fed to the sharks, they're given glasses of champagne, which, which is a lovely light comic touch. T. He is another very memorable henchman within the Bond franchise. The sequence with the crocodile farm is one of the um, outstanding set pieces of the film and in, for that matter, the entire Bond series. Great editing during that sequence. It's um, very easy to believe as an audience member that it's actually Roger Moore that's making an escape from that little island um, across the back of those crocodiles. And don't those crocodiles uh, look uh, terrifying when you see them projected onto a very large cinema screen? It's such a well-edited sequence with some superb stunt work. Very, very well put together. Another iconic sequence from uh, Live and Let Die, of course, is the boat chase with the mighty Sheriff J.W. Pepper, who I've always enjoyed uh, his performance. He really did throw himself into the part. Obviously, another great witty script from Tom Mankiewicz. He's given some great lines to say. But um, by contrast to the Sheriff in the previous film, Diamonds Are Forever, Clifton James uh, on this occasion really does make a stamp on that kind of character. Uh, I was interested also to see that, that the actor that portrayed the Las Vegas Sheriff in Diamonds Are Forever appears very briefly during the Louisiana uh, boat chase sequence. It's a shame that Desmond Llewellyn's cue doesn't feature in the film, but... Miss Moneypenny, Lois Maxwell's Miss Penny does make a very memorable appearance at the beginning of the film. It's immediately obvious the rapport between Roger Moore and Lois Maxwell existed already uh, because they had been friends since they were both at RADA together. The interaction between uh, Bernard Lee and Roger Moore was also excellent in the film. Uh, loved that little sequence that they... Uh, have together in Bond's kitchen. Must also mention George Martin's superb score in the film. For me it's one of the very best of the non-John Barry scores in the uh, series of uh, Bond films. It's got a bit of a rock-infused edge to it Um, some wonderful variations on the Live and Let Die theme as well as the James Bond theme beautifully uh, carrying on the tradition that John Barry set. Love the um, supernatural elements that um, feature during the film one of the characters that uh, must be mentioned of course is Geoffrey holder's baron samedy what i do like is the fact that towards the end of the film the audience is made to believe the whole thing's just been a hoax and um, you're given the impression that uh, baron samedy dies when he falls into the coffin full of snakes Only to be seen again at the end of the film, on the back of the uh, train that Bond and Solitaire are on, laughing. That's just a wonderful closing shot. One of my absolute favourites in the series... As I said, although the presentation, the transfer wasn't quite as good as some of the pre- as well pretty much all the previous Bond films that we've um, watched so far, I still enjoyed the film. It's one of my favorites. It was the second Roger Moore film I ever saw back in uh, the 80's on video and fell in love with it because of its supernatural elements, uh, which made it set it apart from the other films. Just had a great night out and uh, hope everybody else had a good night out with it as well. Very much looking forward to next week and seeing the man with the golden gun on the big screen for the very first time. I hope you all have a good week. Speak to you soon.
3: Ah, Mr Bond, there you are. And the solitaire as well. Hardly unexpected, but most welcome. Whisper, two more glasses for our guests. What shall we drink to, Mr Bond?
4: How about an earthquake? <laughs> it
3: is unfortunate that your wetsuit was discovered only
4: minutes before the field was destroyed. Well, don't tell me you're not insured. <laughs> no,
3: the poppy's a very sturdy flower. You have been a relatively minor nuisance, in fact.
4: But this gun, I find it particularly fascinating. What is it? A shotgun, naturally, with compressed gas pellets. <laughs>
6: Genius.
2: Darling. Darling. <laughs> <laughs> Information and darling are the two, the two key words. Yeah, that yeah. Just, uh, live and let die. Yeah. But my word, I, I, I said before, before I went in, Harry, that it's perhaps one that I haven't seen as much recently. Mm. I've only seen it once in the last 15 years, maybe, and only once since we started doing the podcast. So that makes it better for me. You know, there's, it's a bit more fresher. Yeah. I can't, I genuinely can't believe how good it is it's just <laughs> you know watching them all now I, okay I miss Goldfinger but it's I can't fault no. any of them no I love no. them as, as, well, as films and and once again this so one unique. yeah this one could have been a film on its own nothing yeah. to do with the series and yeah. you'd be like oh my word have you seen that that weird film doesn't let it die you should, yeah you should have done more of them or yeah, but yeah I, I, I assume you you and Andy had a good time right? yeah of course we've had a good time I'm different to you though in that Obviously,
20: I, I, I watched The Bonds through fairly recently in the last oh, year. Yeah. I did actually, stupidly, I watched Live and Let Die a few weeks ago. Um <laughs> and not resist. Well, yeah, just since I watched it, whether it was, I don't know how recently, but I've just, well, I've, as a child, I've always had a thing for it. I think it's such an obvious kind of adventure that Scott... Action, great characters, memorable characters when you're watching as a child. Some set pieces in there, some larger than life characters, locations, a bit of sort of elements of horror, like the supernatural element yep. and all that. I think it's always been I've been attached to it as a child, but then you kind of I don't know, watching it later, you kind of see more value in it than that. I don't know. It's 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 such a interesting debut for Roger Moore. It's like I've said in my. Um, in my other thought, thoughts that I've recorded. He isn't particularly central. It's it's just a mission that he is on, it's not. The way he's approached it is and whether you know there'll be some people that might not like his interpretation, but I I think that Roger Moore didn't try and step into Sean Connery's shoes at all, rather he just stepped into the shoes of James Bond. He 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 that's his portrayal of James Bond and he's he's so cavalier and cocksure in this it's unbelievable it's, and I just felt myself on this viewing falling sort of deeper and deeper and getting more and more immersed into the story and the location and how Bond is getting a bit more stuck. And as because just kananga has got people everywhere, kind of. Um, But the the more that happens, the more you you rely on Bond to keep you calm. The more that Roger Moore's Bond in this is such a cool head. And you really depend on him to get you out of this situation. And you have absolutely every confidence that he will. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's great. But yeah, I don't know. I, there's so much to say. Uh, that's just kind of my... That's where I am with the film and what I love about the film. Well,
2: some of the things I love about the film. Certainly, I've said that we should do an episode on debuts. And I yeah. think all six of the Bond actors give such good debuts. They certainly and do. Rogers perhaps, yeah, Rogers doesn't perhaps get as much show because... The film is very highly regarded in its own right, and it's not, yes. like you say, it's not totally about him. The shift people always gone about is that Spy Love Me is oh, that's proper Roger, as if the mm-hmm. ones before weren't particularly Roger. But I do think they are. I think it's yeah. There's elements of the coldness there. There's elements, you know, the, the liar, a cheat, and I want some yeah. answers now. You know, um, there's a, there's another
20: moment that, that when he was when he couldn't get information out of Solitaire. He was trying, you know, in bed, yeah. you know, he's being his charming self with all these funny one liners. But then there eventually came a moment where he's like, you know, three people have died. You know, it's like he's so yes. good. Yeah, I noticed he's, that. he's so good at switching from a little bit jovial and calm to, now like, come on. He's so yeah. good at that.
2: And that's what Bond should be. He should be, he, he's got the one liners for a purpose almost, to, yeah. for the charm. You know, they're not. Okay, maybe in some of the other, maybe Moonraker takes it a step up where he will just make a joke because why not? Mm. Whereas here, it's although even then it's like, you missed Mr. Bond, did I? Like it's <laughs> annoying tracks, isn't it? Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't, get me. You can't yeah. get me. But yeah, I just, I just think that watching them on the big screen for me makes you appreciate them as a film as a whole. Cause when you're kids, you sort of you sat, they've got the, you know the film inside out, but you've yeah. never really sat down in one session, two hours, and followed the story. No, it's just a success set of pieces, isn't it? Really, and it's, amazing yeah, it's, scenes that it's you look something, don't really understand why they're on film. Yeah, I think
20: Chris said it in a previous review. I think in the cinema, obviously, you, you know, it's great on the big screen, you've got sound and stuff, but there's something about it, and a bit like you said, you pay more attention, you put you, 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 much, you invest more, you're not distracted, you know, there's no nothing going on in your house or your phone or anything like that. You properly get into it. Um, and I think that's another reason why fans should really go to the cinema. It's like complete focus and fully immersive going to the
2: cinema and you, you really engage with the story far more. Some films, I know I've seen James Stewart post about, the new Jurassic Park films, he's not really bought into them. Uh, for those, they're quite good at the first watch at the cinema, but then when you sort of watch them again, casually, they don't, they don't quite hold up. Mm. Whereas the Bond films are the opposite, aren't they? We've grown up with them, completely love them on video, and now you can see them at the cinema. It is You're right. you know, ridiculous how, how well they, they are as cinematic pieces. I, re, I really do think
20: that. Yeah, and, and this this story is is pretty fairly straightforward as well, which is lovely. Yeah. It's 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 not there's not many twists and turns or anything like that. It's it's so easy to sort of just get on board with and follow it's not one that sort of messes with your mind or anything like that. It's, it's a straightforward kind of adventure. Um, but that gives you the room to kind of appreciate loads of other stuff in the story, whether it's like the set pieces or, um, you know, the, the, the dialogue, the characters, the music, it's, there's so much to enjoy. And the the story is so straightforward that it's not a really a distraction.
2: If that's, if that's a, yeah, because I know they're all sort of two hours, which is quite long for films in the 60s and 70s. But my word, they pack so much in, don't they? It's yeah. Yeah. just, there's so much these days, you know, like Spectre's pacing. I don't mm. mind slow-paced films, but there's less in that film in two and a half-odd yeah. hours than there is in, what, an hour and an hour and 50 of Doctor yeah. No, say, you know.
20: I, had the sa- I did have the same thought. That's one thing I struggle with, Spectre. I do think it's it's slow and it lingers so much on and on the dialogue scenes and even on the action scenes and on the you know when it's setting the scene it, it there's a lot of lingering but yeah watching this uh, I had the exact same thought where it was just again it's so fast paced going from place to place location to location and I know there are some there are, I think I'm right in saying that the, there's some suggestions that the boat chase goes on a bit long is that right Yes, yeah, I think but so. I, yeah, that's... But, yeah. but I um, I didn't find that, so I've never found that, to begin with, I've never found that, but even in the cinema, I was just, I loved it. It's <laughs> so good, see, I've, you know, I've, I've never seen, I don't think I've seen, on the cinema, real super-fast boats chasing on a river like the Bayou before, I've never yeah. seen that at the cinema.
2: And Roger Moore is in them, you see him, I don't understand, but...
20: Yeah, he yeah, is, it's, it's yeah. so good, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and speaking of which, I know it's not him, but the stunt where, you know, he, he steps across the crocodiles is just, it's absolutely remarkable. Um, and, and the sound in that is class. Because yeah. the, the, the music builds up and you, there's real hope when he magnetises the boat. But when that fails, yeah. the music stops and it just goes completely silent. And it's just the sound effects of the crocodiles Sort of licking their chops and opening their yeah. mouths, it was absolutely really? terrifying. That when I when I watched it a few weeks ago, actually that scene, I paused it and I asked my wife to come in. And my, my my wife isn't a big James Bond film, and she's not a massive fan of old films either. But I said just I just wanted her to watch that scene.
10: Yeah,
20: and um, she sat down and sort of humoured me, but she was on the sort of on the edge of a seat and I said, you know, it's only two or three minutes, just watch this, see what you think. And she probably sat down for about six or seven minutes before I said, Okay, that's it, you can go now. But she was it's just it's such a <laughs> yeah y- 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 like such a great sequence that it's unbelievable to see. And on the big it's, screen of course.
2: Nowadays they'd film that crocodile from loads of different angles, some of it yeah. in slow motion, yeah. with like epic music, but it's over so quickly which makes you think, hang on, that was real. Yeah, and then, you know, the music comes in then. Yeah. Yeah. And the technique of the, the chucking the, the meat on oh, the I know with. it so well.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, and, uh, and this is, this
20: is nothing really to do with so on the big screen, but when he splashes, like, the petrol or, you know, kerosene on it, it's so nice when he oh, likes oh. it, and, and the, the flames go exactly where he splashed it. It's, it's lovely. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> It's real. It's all real. Yeah. I, I think to come back to the the boat chase, it, it's well done because you've got—I um, nearly said Billy Bob, but yeah—you've got J. W. Pepper to sort of break it through. Yeah. Where you know, in those bits, he has so much dialogue. You're with him for yeah. ages, and he's just—you've not seen him before. Like, what? Well, you can Imagine who's this? Yeah, and then he's just gone, and then that's it. Yeah.
20: I mean, his his scenes were great, and in the cinema, there were there was laughter, and I went to see it. Yeah, with my father-in-law, the two of us were absolutely loving. JW Pepper and
11: Brilliant.
20: Andy's mentioned in his, he, he, he was already a fan. Um, but yeah. Really? And, and <laughs> the, the, the the I think, um, I don't know if Maths, Math and Chris and John have mentioned it in their recording, but they said their viewing, the audience was a bit quiet at times. My audience was, it was packed by the yeah. way, completely packed. It oh, was, was it? a bit really? quiet at times. But then when we were walking out, just, I heard about four different people and there was a lot of men with their elderly fathers it was pretty heartwarming oh, to see. Um, love it. but everyone I heard out was absolutely glowing with praise
2: about it. Um, really that, positive when they came out. When I booked it online only this afternoon, there was two other seats had already gone. So I was like, Oh, this is gonna be hilarious. And I saw these two sort of geeks walk in ahead of me and I thought, oh bless, it'll just be us us a lot. And then they both moved to opposite sides of the cinema <laughs> and then I looked yeah. up and there was quite about twenty people there. It's absolutely brilliant. So oh, that's one so of the biggest, good, isn't it? biggest ones we've had. I think because Leeds is bigger catchment area, isn't it? You're always going to get more people. Yeah, but Rochdale on a Tuesday night when when England are playing, to be fair, so it's a pretty oh, good of attempt. Yeah, yeah, and they can they do it at a Rochdale? On Tuesday
11: night?
2: Yeah, can they do it on a Tuesday night? Yeah. Um, but they did. Yeah. They did come out, and I, I just heard everyone stayed until the end of the credits. Everyone, and yeah. there's still yeah, people yeah, who sat down, and the ones who were leaving, like, yeah, it's the best one, isn't it? It was like, oh, oh yeah! And I, I get the sense there are some people who are just going for their favourite or one or two of the famous mm. in the run. Yeah, I think this one is is it's a famous, wasn't
20: it, isn't it? You know, it's a great title, great oh, theme yeah. song with some memorable bit, memorable bits. And I do, I do like I mentioned, "Living That Day" is something I'm f- a film I've always been fond of since a child. But I do encourage all listeners or anyone just to get to see them at the cinema. It's such an experience. Yeah. You know, even if it is just picking a handful of your favourites, it, it's
2: so good seeing yeah, them at the yeah. cinema. It really means a lot. It does. I, the Guy Hamilton trilogy now for me, this, I, I'm absolutely obsessed. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I all, the thing with them all, obviously they're a bit more humorous and, you know, a bit jokey, mm. but they're all in a sort of unusual exotic setting. Yeah. Where Bond is a complete fish out of water. Yeah. And I noticed something that he does is there's a lot of well, not plans and payoff, but in Dan's Are Forever you've got the funeral scene. So some are three and then yes. you're like, Oh heck, what's gonna happen here? Then yeah. in Living Like Die, you've got the sacrifice scene and you're like, Oh heck, the snake, what's gonna happen yeah. here? Even the span Sandy at the end coming up and down. Yeah. And then in Man with the Golden Gun, you've got the fun house. So it's I just love that technique yeah. so much. I I completely agree. And
20: when I was watching, it, I thought, when when the second funeral came on in Living That Die, I the could I just knew really, yeah. everyone in the audience. Everyone in the audience knew. Whoa! Yeah. Th- this again. It's all th- oh, right. Everyone instantly just you know the funeral party coming around the corner and the sound of the music instantly. Uh, That's a really memorable sequence that they remembered yeah. from the, the start and uh, when you see it again and I do I don't know if this has been debated I think it's been debated but I'm pretty sure he gets killed I'm certain
2: he gets killed in the second one who does Strutter? oh yeah because you don't hear yeah. about him do you? And because no, the guy no. the barman in the Fruits of Souls says,
23: he says
20: Strutter's
2: on a phone Well that's because they, they know that because they've killed him the they've, brother. They've yeah. they're
20: probably—they've everywhere
2: they do have people everywhere as the, the phrase goes don't they? yeah yeah it's the problem when you yeah. see the, the cab driver.
15: Oh, Jimbo, you don't
2: know no, this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jim, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's glad how he, took, he took the money the first time. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's, he's got a as well.
20: Yeah. You know? when, he, when he said, you know, for $20, I'll take you to a Ku Klux cookout,
2: you know. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Whisper, obviously, another one. Was they're just so, <laughs> I was so many memorable characters. <laughs> yeah.
11: But, so, your
2: champagne. So, oh, it's just it. it was as <laughs> huh? children, <laughs> you <Yeah. limes> were... <laughs> <Yeah, I> know.
20: Times. <laughs> yeah, and then the, the, technique, the, technique of, the technique, of whisper carrying the uh, unconscious Roger Moore out, you know, on his hip. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's quite scary. Well, how mean, strong he is. Isn't yeah, it? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Roger Moore is obviously massive, so
2: yeah <laughs> yeah and so is Kananga obviously so is Teehee, so is yeah. Baron Absolutely yeah all terrifying such good characters like such, such the villains terrible. were brilliant weren't they yeah because Kananga's charm is one of the biggest draws I think and that's another Guy Hamilton thing yeah. with these you've got Goldfinger you've mm. got uh, Blo- you know Charles Gray's Blofeld and then Scaramanga you like yeah the. the villains who chat who would dine with you like at the end you know he gets the yeah. Kananga he gets like the champagne glasses here doesn't the he yeah
20: oh shit, it's, it's particularly joke that's the at the end there Kananga's really sort Yeah, that's the most joke he is and yeah the technique of yeah knife. great
2: technique. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Class. absolutely iconic and yeah two other two things first of all Jane Seymour She I know she's the damsel in distress but she does play the part well doesn't she I think yes it, it, yeah, yeah, feel I feel a bit sorry with you
20: yeah I was wondering how that scene would be greeted in the cinema, and there was I, there was nothing audible. I couldn't hear any. I didn't hear any gasps. I didn't hear any tuts, and I didn't hear any laughs either. So I have no idea what people thought of that you scene. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the odds were stacked. Did right?
3: you touch that? Yeah,
20: <laughs> yeah. My word. <laughs> it's so. I love the break from Blofeld and to this yes, kind of mission yes. to and, 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 because before this is it a, a run of how many? They're all, apart from gold. Yeah, well, since gold, they're all.
2: Yeah, so it's, it's 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 great. It's a great mission. It's such a good mission that he goes on. Oh dear! And George Martin's music, goodness me, It's absolutely yeah. so good. It is. I again every every
20: cue, even sort of. There's music around the hotel when he arrives. That yeah. I assume <laughs> that's George Martin as well. <laughs> <laughs>
7: yeah, yeah,
20: yeah. Um, but it's it's brilliant, and obviously the the theme song is excellent. But when that's used, it's it's oh. amazing. It's uh, a love theme, and there's a a, a, a oh,
2: Yeah, twice for the Yeah. Oh good.
20: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's brilliant, and it's all part of this this thing that we've probably said in so many reviews where all these things where it's obviously it's a 25 film franchise, but these things are exclusive to this film. And you hear yes. those musical notes or you think of those characters and you automatically in live and let die mode. I'm waffling on here a little bit and I'm a massive mission impossible fan. I absolutely love mission impossible. And in many ways I want uh, the bond series to take note of what mission Impossible does well, but I've seen the recent trailer for the new one and Still, part of me, even in the last three Mission Impossible film films alone, might muddle, up, muddle them up because the, a lot of the locations look quite yes, similar, yeah, yeah. sort of like Prisian streets with motorbike chases. That could be any of the last. Yeah. I don't know. Whereas yeah. with the Bond films, I just think they're so good at making visually, they're so good at making things stick in your mind and being able to associate with a certain film. They package it so well and live in that. Yeah, I think that's why, like you said, a lot of the audience members say sort of that might well be their favourite. because it's so well packaged. When you when you remember *Live and Let Die*, you remember so many things about it.
2: Yeah, uh, for me, what Sean this time is the Morris Binder's title sequence. Just, I, I'm always, I love the I love the guy dying to the, <laughs> <laughs> and then <he> goes, <laughs> you know. <'cause... laughs> it's like it starts as a ballad of course the song doesn't it so it's quite an unusual yeah start. he looks really old obviously for an agent but that's very very when, Yeah, yeah yeah and in, in, in,
20: when yeah in the titles it's a woman's staring face that suddenly transforms so to a skull
2: and it's yeah. it's incredible it's so it is brilliant it's, it's it's one of the best part of the package it's it is, yeah. so good <laughs> oh yeah. dear anyway what well, another brilliant yeah. experience with Bond on the big screen I know I'm I can't wait already for the man with the Golden gun. I think I think it's. Oh. <laughs> I, I honestly I can't believe how good it is. It's the same as Living Like Dies, and there's so many <laughs> iconic bits in it. Uh, so- <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's such good fun. I <laughs> Can't wait for it. Yeah, and yeah I hope the audience is. love it. I hope they Ooh. laugh along with it.
20: I know you said um, you can see sort of how, how you know people say Roger Moore sort of got into gear and spied loved me. But I do think now we've begun the Roger Moore journey, and you can you can you can see where he's starting, and like Tom said, you've said yeah. Tom that you can see elements of where he's going. But I just cannot wait to see his character evolve, and I can't yeah. wait to see all the you know, like thinking of Octopussy coming up and Fiori's yeah. Only, and just all. That. It's just it's so exciting. This isn't going to be an
2: incredible run of weeks now. An incredible. This run of This is a joke now, isn't it? I mean, all the way yeah. up, I don't say where it ends, but it's a few months now of, <laughs> of absolute greatness, isn't it, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. I'm just getting to that point where
20: it's they're so hard to miss now, guys. It's so hard yeah. to miss. And even if, you know, like I, I can't, if I can't go to any, it's so good listening to these episodes and
2: everyone else should go. You know, if, you, yeah. if you're if you available to go, go. It's, it's just not to be missed. Well hopefully some of us certainly will be seeing the man with gun at the cinema next weekend and JW Pepper Part two. Can't wait. Bring it up. <laughs> 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 <laughs>